everybody. Welcome to the Foundry. Woohoo! Hey, happy July. Hard to believe that uh, we're already six months of 18 is gone, right? It feels like it was just Christmas, just New Year's. Looking forward to that weather again. So I can't complain. I just came back from a week on the beach in San Diego where it was like the upper 60s. I suffered. I see, you, can, you can tell I suffered a little bit for that. Yeah. So uh, speaking of suffering, no. <laughs> So uh, today, um, we're continuing our series in James on overhauling, and uh, Gil's going to be sharing about uh, facing a frightening future. Um, I don't know about any of you, but uh, there have been times uh, in my life where the future seems a bit uncertain and kind of where things are going. And I've had people, you know, over the years pull out the scripture, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which I love. But they use it, you know, so trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understandings, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight which is an amazing verse, but a really hard thing to live by, right? And the, the things that they, that they miss sometimes is the context in which that's written. So if you look at the, the verse right before it, it says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And then those trust in the Lord. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from from evil. So really the passage, the, the context of those verses is humility and seeking God's wisdom. And that's something it's easier, for, like, like trust in the Lord with all your heart is, is hard for me to do at all times, right? But trying to remember to seek God's wisdom and to be humble and, and repeatedly humble. Um, so when I was up here uh, several weeks ago and kind of shared some of the situations of my career where uh, just years of waiting uh, years of feeling like um, nothing was at my you know career growth had had ended and um, just really frustrated and, and had to finally let God take control and say you know what I'm enough and if you're never promoted you're never promoted and, and you're enough and uh, so we had a situation over the past six months or so where we've had complete new leadership come in and a new CEO a new CFO CMO all those things and people encourage me, they're like, you know, you need to go make your case. You need to go say, this is why I should be, you know, the vice president of whatever. And so I just prayed about it and prayed about it. I'm like, God, I just don't feel like that's something that I should do. I, I don't, if it, if it is, then you open those, you open that door, but I just don't feel like it's something that the very next week, I'm in my new boss's office and she's like, you know what, we really need a vice president of analytics and I think that it's you. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I, I was you know, trying to wrap my head around it. Then it was like, well, we probably have to post it. You don't have to interview for it and all, you know. And she kind of kept apologizing for putting me through those. And I'm like, you know what, I get it. I get it. You need to post it. You need to see, because she's brand new. She doesn't know, you know, what's out there. And so I just, again, just, okay, God, just help me to be humble. Help me to do whatever. So I'm doing this interim role this whole time and thinking that I may have to actually apply for this job and, you know, and go through it. And uh, the Friday before Memorial Day, um, she's like, hey, do you got you a quick second? I'm like, sure. And so she's like, well, she's like, I have to write the job description. And so I'm thinking, okay, we're talking about job descriptions. What can I do to help? And she's like, so the job's yours. And I was like, did I just, did, like, really? Like, it's mine? I mean, like, you're just giving it to me? I mean, it say all those things. Um, but so I'm walking back to my office. It's Friday afternoon. Nobody's around. It's Memorial Day weekend, right? Everybody's taken off. So, like, like and I can't tell anybody because it's not official yet or, you know, or anything. And I'm just walking back, and I'm like, God, did that really just happen? 
did that really just happen? And after 11 years of waiting and, pa and not so patiently, <laughs> but trying to, trying to stay humble, trying to be a good servant and, and do that. And uh, God did. He, he gave me the designer. He gave me my dream job that I didn't, wasn't even looking for, honestly. It combi combined even more than what I was originally thinking that it would be. So um, with all that, just what, when Gail shares today, be thinking about you know, those things where you need to seek God's wisdom and where you need to trust him for your future. And uh, I am living proof um, that uh, he, he does do good things for us. So let me just pray. And uh, then when I'm done, if you'll stand, we'll sing another song. Father God, I just thank you for today. God, thank you um, for everybody that came out today in spite of the heat, in spite of the uh, 4th of July coming up. And God, I just pray that you would uh, open our hearts to your word. God, the words that you would speak through Gil. God, that our lives might be touched and that we might go out a changed people with changed hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's kind of real, huh? You ever kind of been in that spot where you go, man, you know, I'm doing my part. And I'd like him to do his part, and he's do it better, because uh, we obsess. You know, we obsess about the future all the time. Um, it's a big deal. The New York Times just came out with an article recently and said that um, we spend, as a, a country, $200 billion a year on what they call not fortune tellers, but fortune sellers. We spend $200 billion a year basically asking people to tell us what the future will hold. So for our businesses, for our personal lives, these kind of things, it's $200 billion. Hey, Joe, can you turn on the lights here? Just, yeah, thanks, man. Um, and so we want to predict, you know? And then the New York Times said this, out of that $200 billion that we're using to ask people to tell us what the forecasts are, most of the time, they said, the vast majority of the time, those people are wrong. That's $200 billion that we're giving people to give us bad advice. So, you know, most of the time they're wrong. Isaac Asimov, he's a great writer of futuristic fiction. He said, if I were asked to guess what people are most insecure about, it would be the content of the future. He goes, we worry about it all the time. We just worry, right? Jesus talked about that. He goes, man, this is one thing. If you start to really wonder and you start to get ahead of yourself, you're gonna have, you need to know you're gonna freak. You're gonna worry, you're gonna freak. And the earliest writings we have from about 5,000 years ago show that this um, fortune-telling thing is the, the second profession ever. Uh, we have writings from 5,000 years ago. The majority of them are around this. So ever, ever since day one for us, this has been a deal. This has been the deal. We, just, we really, really wonder what's up. So I used to work for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, not behind the counter. But in the marketing department, way back in the day, I lived uh, across the river in Floyd's Knobs, Indiana, from Louisville, Kentucky. A good friend of mine was vice president there, so they hired me on to be in their marketing department. And uh, every year, Colonel Sanders, you know the colonel? Every year, when he'd get his board of directors together, he'd bring in a psychic to basically say, what should we do? You know, should it be 11 herbs and spices? Maybe it should be 12. Maybe we should do something different in this area of our company so that we can grow. And you bring a psychic in and you say, you know, as you kind of sense the vibrations, what do you think, right? You'd never think Colonel Sanders. It was really weird for me. I'm like, can that's, you know, let's get the psychic up to marketing. Let's find out what's going on. You know, I mean, whatever it would be, it was just hilarious to me that you would actually do something like that. And I was sitting there going, wow, but it's true, right? I mean, think about it. If you could know who you're gonna marry, would you wanna know? Of course you would. 
course you would. If you if you were to kind of wonder like, what did I should put my what stock should I put my money in? If I said, well, you know what, you can know. You go, oh, of course I would want to know that. I want to know what my money's going to do. Um, if you wanted to know some things, um, you know, like what to invest in, and how's my health going to be, and who are my friends going to be. I mean. Should I be a U of A fan or an ASU fan? That's obvious, right? I mean, you should know that. Like, are the Arizona Cardinals ever going to win another Super Bowl? No, we know that stuff, though. So you shouldn't even be asking. The question should be, are the Bears ever going to win another Super Bowl? And yes, they are. They're going to go on a string. They're amazing. As you can tell already, they're so awesome. They're so awesome. But seriously, like, you know, are my parents going to die? How are they going to die? What's going to happen when that happens? How will my heart be? What about me? Am I going to die sometime soon? When will that be? How will that go? You know, should I start preparing today? Like, these are things I think we just have all, you know, we're kind of going mad over it. So does anybody remember Y2K? Remember Y2K? All right, all right. So I, I tend not to be a real freaker outer, but uh, I had friends in my life, and they were, um, they were Y2K freaker outers, man. Like, they truly stocked up on, like, water and supplies. And if you remember some people who did that, right? So, they like, water and supplies. They were, like, getting geared up for that kind of thing. They thought Armageddon was coming. And their deal was to whip up other people into thinking that Armageddon was coming. And I remember going, should I be wondering about this? Because I'm really not concerned. Like, this didn't really freak me out much. But after a while, I'm like, man, like, literally, like, they bring me into their garages, and show me all their supplies. And I go, what are you all, what are you doing? And then they say, we have a bunker and we'll save a place for you. And I'd be like, really? You really have a bunker? We have a bunker. We have a bunker, man. It's going down. This is it. God told us to tell you this is the deal, you know? So knowing that we'd be obsessed like this, just knowing that about the future and, and our, all of our, you know, do you think maybe God, just for a second here, do you think maybe God would say, I'm going to carve out a section of scripture and talk about that one. Yeah. So he's going to do that. And I want us to read this together. And then I'm going to tear it apart and take it apart and put it back together. But it goes like this. You want to read it with me? Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. It's self-sufficiency, right? Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So what James is doing here, this little, little bold, you know, half-brother of Jesus is breaking this down into what I'm going to call three future fails. Three ways to think about the future and fail in it. And then he's going to give you three fixes, okay? It's going to be three future fails. How to think? He's going to say, let me help you tweak those, like, way you think about the future. And I'll give you those three fixes for that so that you don't freak, you know? Like, so you got people around you going, hey, I got a bunker and I got my water and supplies. And you go, well, you know... Have at it, and uh, I kind of am very, very solid about where I am in this. So, let's do this. Three future fails and their fixes. The first future fail goes like this. When we're thinking about the future and we're planning and all that, we forget God. We just put him on the bench, you know? We forget him. Look here, those who say, like, this is your life plan, right? Your business plan. Today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain town, mission, and we'll stay there for a year. That's, you know, specific mission. We will do business there and make a profit. That's cool. Do you notice anything in that about God? 
mean, James is going, this is how we think. This is how we do life, you know? We kind of forget God. And I don't know if you do this, your life gets going, you get flying, you start planning, you start, you know, thinking about the future, and you're zooming around at the speed of Kanye's ego, and you're putting it in like day in and day out effort, you're fired up, you're going for it, and then you turn around and go, man, I kind of just did all that on my own. I kind of just did all that on my own, and you look at your mission statement, and you, get, you realize that God's not in it. God's not even close to being in it. So obviously James is talking to people who have their MBAs, right? You know, you're business people out there. Remember, these folks are poor, so they got to make money. So they're sitting around coming up with business plans. And he's like, and you're coming up with these plans, and you're hanging out with these rich people, and you're playing favorites, and God's not even involved. You know, he's not even involved. You know, you're not even thinking about him. You just kind of benched him. So here are these folks, right? They go out and they go, here's what we're going to make. Here's the widgets we're going to make. Here's our location where we're going to make them. Here's how we're going to market them. Here's the manufacturing plant. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have this kind of volume and this kind of margin. And here's how much money we're going to make. And then they go, wow, we never even asked God about the company name or what we should be doing. Or we didn't even ask God about where we should be located to give him most glory. We didn't even ask him how much money he wants us to make with it. We didn't ask him, we didn't ask him anything. We just kind of went for it. Have you ever been around people like this? And then they, you know, a lot of times fail and they'll go, man, I just don't get it. God, I can't believe in God when he's doing that. And I'm like, you didn't even bring him in to begin with. I mean, come on, you know. So at Stanford, they have a business school there, graduate school of business, and uh, it's one of the top business schools in the world. But they're having a problem lately. Um, having a massive problem with their graduates that are over 45 years old. Matter of fact, it's epidemic for Stanford grads. You know what it is? Suicide. They're losing so many people after 45. So a few years ago, they brought in an expert, right? <laughs> to speak to the School of Business about how to deal with alcoholism and depression and medicating and how to have hope. And it was actually brilliant. Uh, if you get a chance, you can YouTube it. Um, phenomenal talk by this guy, right? And he just basically, they're bringing people in to say, can you help us avoid suicide for these folks? So he gave up, I thought was an unbelievable talk, right? And afterwards, you know how you can comment on stuff? And they read some comments. You know what was really interesting? Those graduates, 23 to 35 years old, you know what they said? We don't need this psychological mumbo jumbo crap. Don't bring people like this in here. We know exactly what we're doing. We understand the hard sciences of business, and that's what we want to have. We, we, need, we need people to help us develop profit. We need people to help us develop margin. We need people to help us develop plan, you know? We don't need this. And you know what all the folks 35 and above said? Thank you. Because we're dying. We have the hard sciences, and we don't have a heart. So just real quick, okay? God cares about you. He wants you to plan, okay? He wants you to plan. There's passages all over the scriptures on this. He wants you to know that he cares way more about you than the plan. And so like, uh, like you can do things, right? Like when you, when you pray, when, you, when you're dealing with things, when you're, when you're going to him, God says, I, 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 I want to speak to you to take care of you because you matter. And if you get away from me in this whole thing, you're probably going to get really despondent because anybody that knows if you're an entrepreneur or you've done anything in life around the business end or you've tried to build something, there are really high highs and really low lows. And he says, so I, I want to help. 
I care about you. I want to speak to you. I want to motivate you. I want to love you. I want you to stop sometimes. I want you to rest sometimes. I want you to do, I mean, these are things that you hear from him. You're not going to get this at Stanford until people start committing suicide. Then they'll bring the people in. But by and large, it doesn't happen very often. But God will speak. He'll really move, you know. Um, <laughs> I was praying with somebody here at the foundry, I don't know, a few weeks ago. And uh, she was going through some stuff. And I said, well, let me just pray for you. We are on the phone. And so I, I prayed for her. And um, I, I prayed for her that God would do something out of the blue for her that day that would just remind her that he's there, you know. Like he would surprise her. Like, like God would come out, like the curtain would be unveiled. And she'd go, oh, there you are, right. So I, you know, we prayed that. I prayed that prayer for her, right. And he did. He did it. And a few days later, we're all sitting around in a group setting, right? And she's going around and she goes, God did this thing. The other day, like, I prayed with Pastor Gill and that morning, and, and God surprised me. And she started going on all about the thing. Of course, I'm sitting in the group and I'm thinking, I forgot I prayed that. <laughs> Have you ever done that? You're like, I forgot I prayed that. And so I pray a lot. And I just, you know, so then I was like, oh my gosh, what I pray. So I was like, keep talking, keep talking so I can remember. And, um, but the whole deal is that she, I just, I'll never forget when she, she was talking to this whole group and she goes, she goes, God is real. And he would actually take a second to let me know that in a day that I was not doing so well, you know. See, God says, you got a life plan? Keep me in it. You know, keep me in it. Keep me at the front of it. Keep me at the back of it. Keep me in the middle of it. Keep me all over it, you know. So here's the fix on that, right? It's kind of what we're talking about here. Include God in your goal setting. So instead of benching God and forgetting God, right? So just like today, just begin to kind of um, include God in your goal setting. What he ought to say, James says, is if the Lord wants us to. If the Lord wants us to call the company this or make these kind of widgets or have this kind of marketing plan or have this kind of vision and mission or have this kind of strategic plan, if the Lord wants that, let's seek him in that. Let's be smart. Let's let him lead in that. We'll live and do this or that. I'm going to let God take the lead on this, and I'm going to make sure that I'm asking. By the way, sometimes I ask and God goes, do whatever on that one. I mean, there's this time, sometimes I'm grueling over things and God's like, just do something. You're good. Just don't kill anybody or, you know, commit adultery or whatever. Like, let's just stay good here, okay? We're all good. Just, just stay in that place, you know, stay in that place and do what you need to do. But I love this. If the Lord wants us to, include him in your goal setting. So when you bring God into your life plan, what you're doing is two things, okay? So I'm going to give these two things to you. As you read through the scriptures and you sense his heart, two things are this. One, you keep your heart just very open to him. So you just kind of keep your heart open. Like, okay, Lord, you know, keep, I mean, you stop and you just, just along, just throughout the day, you're, there's this verse, right? It says, pray without ceasing. Do you really think he means to put on your prayer shawl, get on your knees and, this, you know, the road on I-10 and pray with us? That's not what he means. He means all day you're in an attitude of prayer. All day your heart is open. All day you're saying, I'm listening. All day you're just, you're just with him. All day. And he'll bring things to you. So you just kind of keep your heart open, right? And by the way, this is a blast because there's, there are times that he says, do this. And you'll go, oh. It's fun. Like, seriously, there's times I'll be like, wow, I wouldn't have thought of that. Or, hey, that's a really great thing. And it's just going to be a blast to walk with God like that throughout the day, just keeping your heart open, you know? You're just keeping it open. And then, and then I'll say this, okay? Every now and then, every now and then during the day, practice what I call the holy pause. Just, there's times that God's going to say, can you stop for a second here? I just want you to, now I want you to really, I want you to pray. 
I want you to stop for a second with me and pray. I want you to seek my heart. And um, I want you to be more defined about this. And, and he'll do that. He'll, 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 let, he'll, he'll do that. Uh, we have a lead elder here, Joe. And Joe and I will cruise around in his truck sometimes. And um, he's here. You'll see him wandering around. He owns this building, by the way. And um, one of the things that Joe is phenomenal, he owns his own contracting company. He's very much a big leader out of Gilbert, the whole bit. So we'll be in his, um, we'll be in his truck, right? And we'll just be talking about something. And you got to know me, but I'm going a mile a minute. I know you can barely tell that. But I'm like, boom, just thinking like this, that, and the other thing. And I thought this, and I'll be, and he'll just kind of, he'll just, he'll be driving his big, you know, truck. And he'll go, why don't we just pray about that right now? And I'll go, ah. And he'll go, no, really. I'll go, really? What are we gonna? He goes, yeah, let's just pray. And I'm like, don't close your eyes. I will. And we'll be good, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and Joe's like, the Holy Spirit will drive. No, he won't. Um, but he'll, you know, we, but we're in his truck and he'll just, he'll, he just has this attitude constantly of just talking with God. Matter of fact, well, sometimes I just call him to go, what's God saying to you? Because he just, he lives like that. I mean, it's awesome, right? And so I'm learning from, so the other day we were going to breakfast and I go, can you just give me a peek into your heart? How you do like, cause he'll, we'll be at breakfast and he'll start talking to the waitress. And before you know, it, it's like, they're praying together. And I'll be like, what, how did that happen? You know, and I'm over here going, go Cubs. And so, you know, like, what's the, what's the difference, right? You know, why is like, like he's having revival meetings at, you know, the egg and I, and I'm over here, you know, checking the scores. So I just asked him how, what goes on with that? He goes, he goes, I just talked to God all day. Here's what's weird, right? Cause I asked him, he kind of looks like I'm nuts. Cause I'm like, how do you do that? He goes, you're the pastor. So, but I go, yeah, but you're obviously doing it better. So I'll go, so what do you, he'll go, well, I just talked to him. And he goes, and he goes, and he, I love this. He goes, and he talks back a lot. When's the last time you were so in God's glide path in his spirit that you're just, he's just talking. Matter of fact, you know what Joel will say? He goes, Gil, prayer's more about, really, he goes, I don't talk a lot. God just keeps talking. <laughs> he just lets me know. And he's right. I, can't, I don't think there's been one time yet in three months that, uh, you know, he's ever led us astray. And I'm telling, can I say this? It ain't fancy. It's not fancy. But he just includes God in his goal setting. Just does it. You know, just kind of part of his life. I go, man, I'm so glad you get to be the lead elder at the foundry. Because, man, I mean, I'm, and I mean this. You got really good leadership. You know? You got really good leadership. And you need to know that. You need to know that. That your leadership is seeking God. And it's included in the, you know, the plan, right? And so... The other day, too, I was talking of this whole deal, just in case, if you wonder if it's just like in a church setting. So Mike, back there, back row, Mike um, Davison, we were talking about, he used to work for, I'm saying, it's the pizza place, Spinato's. Is that right? Spinato's. I like this pizza place. It's not Chicago deep dish, but it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's the next best, about C plus. So, uh, I'm just kidding, it's really good. And uh, so he used to like work with, with them, like back in the day, right? Like back in the day. And he was like, they're one of their top delivery guys and he was killing it. And so they do a Christmas party every year. And this Christmas party, they bring everybody in. They don't care who you are. Uh, 
they pack out a place and then you know they talk and encourage each other and the leadership gets up so that one time he was he was at the deal and the, the ceo stood up and he goes he started talking he goes hey you know you know how the leadership like the ceo and the cfo and the coo and all the c you know c level leaders you know how we all get together in the back room a lot right and everybody's like yeah we see you back we see you guys get together in the back room you know he goes yeah you guys probably think we're back there you know absolutely like mm, crunching it out with vision and mission and goals and strategic plan and all that right and i go oh, man he goes no you know he goes you know what we're doing back there he goes, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. He's looking out at all the, all the people in, in the room there, all the employees. And he goes, and you might think we're praying for you so that you could be better workers so that we can make more money. He goes, we don't care about that. He goes, we're praying for you and your families and your kids and every, he goes, we're praying for your, your hearts. We're praying for your, you know, God blesses you. We're praying he speaks to you. We're praying that you understand who he is and that he loves you to death. He goes, we just pray for you. And Mike told me, he's listening to the guy going, where do you hear that? This is not an ad for Spinatos. You know, I mean, go eat, it's good stuff. But this is a, a, a leader who gets it, that God is involved in their plan, more than involved. He's leading it, and he's, you know, bringing them into that, and, you know, we don't hear those stories very often, so just know they're happening. There are phenomenal leaders in the world, just like you, that God is leading their plan. See, these are folks that say, I'm taking God off the bench. Matter of fact, I don't want him to ever be on the bench. I want to be right here, right here with me, and doing it in just a phenomenal way. So, um, include God in your goal setting. Just, in, you know, include a minute. God says, and I'll do it. I'll be right there. Um, so that's the first thing is be open, right, in that area. And then I would just say this. Every now and then, if you would be open to this as well, if you're with people, sometimes just say, like Joe does with me, say, hey, can I pray for us on that one? Now, I know, I, I, I was going to bring this up without, some of you are probably freaking like, you got to be weird about this. It's not being weird, <laughs> you know, it's not like, the Lord hath told me to pray right now in this veryth moment. That's not what we're saying. What God's saying is here is that there's going to be times that you're going to be with people, and you're going to be hanging out, right? And you're going to be thinking, I know, and I don't know if you just, I do this, I'll know God's prompting me to say, hey, can we stop here for a second? I go, oh man, I don't know. What if I did that? And they'll think I'm, you know, fruit loop boy. What's going to happen on that? And so I'll just say, hey, how about it? Like, I'm just going to say, hey, Foundry, what, what, what if, you know? What if, like, just you're with your wife, or you're with your kids, or you're with a coworker, or you're with a friend, you're with some family, whatever it would be, and that not just have your heart open, but really be ready to, if you're open to it, say, God, if you want me to pray here. I mean, Joe does it with me all the time. And let me tell you, it's worth it every time. It's worth it every time. And I'm doing it more with people too. And by the way, this whole deal of I'll pray for you, can we just knock that off? How about this one? I, let's just pray now. Like when somebody goes, I'll pray for you, you know what I think? Liar. Because you know how many times I say that and don't? So here's the deal. You know how can you stop lying on that one? Just pray. Like right now. <laughs> like, you know, hey, I'll pray for you. How about get over here, knucklehead. I'm going to pray for you. Like, I'm in a minute with you. Let's go. And then pray. 
And you know what? When I do that, here's what's really wild. Like sometimes I'm, when I'm praying, I'm even thinking like they're probably like, oh my, oh my God. You know, like, you know, they're whatever's going on with them. And you know what's really weird is when I'm, we're finished praying, normally, normally somebody looks at me and goes, holy cow, thank you. Sometimes they're crying, sometimes, but you can tell they're like, wow, wow. Thanks for not giving me that blow off, I'll pray for you. Because that's a blow off, come on. I mean, that's a Christian thing, right? So on this one, let's just do it. All right, so remember, first problem, bench God, forget him, not in our life plan, business plan, whatever plans we have, we kind of bench him. How about we don't? How do you do that? Let him into your goal setting. Let him into your life. Let him into your plan. Second future fail on this is we forget how fast life is gone. We forget how fast life is gone. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life's like the morning fog. By this word, morning fog, um, it, other translations have this as, it really means vapor. It's like, it's like poof, right? It's here a little while, then it's gone. It's poof, you're gone. Poof, you're gone is what this is saying, okay? So I want you to look at the person next to you and go, do this, really look at them and go, poof, you're gone. Just go, poof, you're gone. Go ahead. <laughs> Serious. Poof, you're gone. Poof, you're gone. It's really encouraging, isn't it? I wanted to be really encouraging today. So I wanted you guys to be like, hey, poof, you're gone. Well, poof, you, you're gone. So now, uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, some of you guys are so competitive. You're more gone than me. So anyway, I'll say, I love this church. You guys are so fired up. <laughs> Stop fighting in the back row, by the way. Okay. Um, yeah, go get a counselor. Okay, so, no, but it's this idea is that it is. Like, seriously, it's true. It's really true. Life is so short. Like, what he's saying here is this, right? We don't bring God in. We forget about God, and we kind of just go, well, it's my future. I got to do it. I'm going to go on forever. Um, he goes, no. He goes, you got to remember when it comes to the future that, man, you're here a very short amount of time. And I know this is true. And I, ugh. So I got a buddy of mine, right? Honest, he married twice, and he married this younger girl, right? And um, younger woman than him. And uh, I know them, this family from Oklahoma, and they're, they're a blast. This guy's one of my best friends. He's from Tulsa. And um, so like two weeks ago, he calls me. He goes, hey, man, um, pray for Annie because she's not doing it. She's like, Annie's like mid-50s. It's like mid to late 50s. He goes, you know, a couple weeks ago, he goes, you know, pray for Annie. She's just kind of taken ill, you know. About a week ago, he calls me. He goes, hey, Annie's in the hospital. He goes, yeah, man, we're running tests. We're not really sure. A couple days later, right, he calls me. He goes, hey, Annie's in a coma in the hospital. And two nights ago, I'm hanging out with some friends, and he texts me, and he's gone. I'm like, what? What? I mean, if you, she's, like a model, she's like a runway model. Like she's fun and vibrant and can dance way better than him. I mean, this is, this is, this, I mean, you know, this is a guy that's older. This guy ought to be, you know, frogging it. And instead, you know, it's her. And I mean, so anyway, I've been going back and now we've been like full on together going, okay, what's happening here and all these kind of things. And so, you know, he's just being honest. So he goes, man, this thing came on real fast. So when he said that, here's what I thought. Okay. I thought three things, you know, but we all have a life, right? Right? We have a life, right? You can do one of three things with it. Spend it, invest it, or waste it. Spend it. You spend it. You can spend it, right? You don't, you're not leaving legacies or anything. You know, you're spending your life, right? Or you can leave legacies and live for generations and actually like, really dig in with your life and let it just mm, for a long time, right? Generations will experience what you're doing. Or you can just go, I'm just going to waste it. 
I'm just going to, I'm going to waste it, you know? I'm going to waste it. Spend it, invest it, waste it. So when I grew up, I was growing up, my brother and I, uh, in grade school and junior high, so my mom would make us uh, breakfast every morning. And my mom's awesome. And uh, so she, like, I think it was like bacon and eggs on Monday, pancakes on Tuesday, French toast on Wednesday, you know, cream of wheat on, I don't know, she, you know, she just had her deal. And uh, back in those days, we didn't have phones to play on. So when you were like with people, you were with people, right? So my mom would put on the radio. And we were living there in uh, the, the Louisville area. And um, so we'd have on the radio on 84 WHAS. And this is back in the day that this one song was really popular. So just bear with me. But it was really popular. It was by Freddie Fender. And uh, it was country western. So you know where this is going, right? So the song's about Freddie who keeps hanging on to this girlfriend that he needs to let go of. And he's been hanging on to her, and her heart's somewhere else, and he's just been holding on to her, and he's really mad at himself, so he's finally ready to break it off, right? So he wrote a song. Can I sing it to you a little bit? You, you can come with me if you want on this, if you kind of, right? But it goes like this, right? Wasted days and wasted nights. Remember? Remember? Okay. I have left you for behind. For you don't belong to me. That's how he sounds. I'm not lying. That's how he sounds, right? He goes, your heart belongs to someone else. Wasted days and wasted nights. So like, here's my mom in the kitchen singing it. My brother and I at the table were like, wasted days and wasted nights. <laughs> you know, right? And it was like this huge hit back then. And... <laughs> He's right. He's right, right? I mean, I'm just going to shoot straight here, okay? <laughs> Some of you are holding on to dead things right now. You're just holding on to dead things. You don't have time for that. So you're holding on to dead relationships, dead jobs, dead attitudes, dead addictions, dead hopes. <laughs> like, you're just holding on to dead things, man. Like, get around the table with me and my family here, okay? Wasting days and wasting nights. Okay, it's just, it just, right? And we're all giggling about it. That song stuck with me because that dude is with a really nasty girl who likes someone else. And he was holding on to her and she did not want him. You don't have time to hold on to stuff that's dead. Okay? I don't either. Seriously, addictions, dead hopes, dead attitudes, okay? So can I give you the fix? Because I just have a feeling we do this, because <laughs> I do this, right? The fix is this, humbly discern your next step. Humbly discern your next step. Now, I don't know your next step for your future, um, but today I'd find out which option that you're supposed to go with, and there's only three. Goes like this, you know, one option is slow. God wants you to wait. He wants you to kind of take the yellow light approach or go, like it's time to move out, okay? And he's been asking you to do this and you're like, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not, going, I'm not leaving on that. Or it's a no. And you let go of the dead things. That's it. I mean, God's either asking you to wait longer, go slow. He's asking you to get off, you know, your, you know, what, and go, or he's just telling you, let it go. That it's a no. I don't know what it is for you. I love when people come to me and go, Gil, what do you think God wants me to do in this over here? And I'm like, really, you think I'm the stoplight? Guy, I have no idea. 
I don't know. He might want you to wait. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds a whole lot better right now because I don't want to. Well, maybe he wants you to go, oh, crap, don't tell me that. Okay, maybe it's a no. I'm not sure about it. I mean, I just, what am I going to tell you? You know how you get this? You know how you get this? You pray. Okay, here, here's how, okay? Here, here's how you're going to know. Um, uh, can I encourage you to on it? Because I know some of you are going, oh, man. Uh, Proverbs 16.3 says, A person plans their way, but God guides their path. You know what this means? Whatever you do, you can think you're planning it, right? So let's say you mess up, in a sense, right? So you're supposed to go slow, but you go, or you're supposed to know, but you go, or whatever it would be, or, and God says, I'll guide it. You know how many times the Apostle Paul wanted to go into a town? Do <laughs> you ever read, like, he'd want to go into a town, and he'd go up to it, and he'd go, we're coming. God's told us to. And then somebody would be out there going, nope, you're not going in there. <laughs> We'd go, no, you're not going. You're not going into that, that, that town you're not going into. And you go, Whoa! Lots of Homer Simpson moments. No, I want to go into that town. That's where I want to go. And God would go, nope, I'm diverting you. Here's the deal, right? Paul had the plan, and God had the path. You see the difference? You, but he went for it, right? It's what I love about Paul, man. Paul's always stepping up going, I'm going. And he just face plan over and over. Because God would say, good try. You got the plan, but I got your path. So now I'm going to open up another town for you for a while. And then I'm going to bring you back to this town. Because your timing's not right right now. And, and Paul would go, okay. I just love that. Because I'm so like that. I'm always doing stuff and bonking my head. God goes, I got you. So, just for a second, I want you to think of the one or two biggest decisions you're going through right now in your life. Just... Like, whatever you choose, your, your, life's, your life is hinging on them. Just got them? Thinking about calling a psychic? Because it's a $200 billion industry out there, and the vast majority of the time, they're wrong. So guess who's right? God of the universe, right? You know him. You know him. Or if you don't, maybe today is the day you do. But just for a second, I want you to do that, okay? And uh, maybe for you, it's um, staying or leaving in a relationship, or maybe for you it's pursuing one or not, or whether you're supposed to have kids, or maybe, you know, you're supposed to boot a kid out, or, you know, direction of your career, geographic move around the country, maybe changing your major, or whatever. It could be anything, okay? And God says, I'll guide your path. That's a promise from God, and he's not into breaking agreements with his kids. He's not going to break that agreement. He's not into, he never breaks them. That's the difference between God and you, one of them. <laughs> he never breaks them, okay? So, yeah, out of a lot. So how about today, you get really humble. Like, really humble. You know what it means to get really humble? It means that you, you peel your heart wide open to God. And man, that is not easy for a lot of people to say, I don't care what you say to me, God, I am in. So you just, that's what it means to get humble, by the way. Humble's not, oh, man, I'm so rotten. and It's not, that's not humble. Humble's going, God, you're God and I'm not, and I'm going to peel this puppy open, and I'm going to let you speak to me, and then when you do, I'm going to do it, okay? So you get humble, and you say, okay, God, I'm ready to, so you, you just go, I'm ready to listen, okay? And then you talk to somebody. And I'm going to say this, man, I, um, Foundry, we got to have people in our lives, and this, here's what I mean. You need to have a friend that, that, at times tells you the things that you hate to hear. You know how we all have some friends that, that you give them, they go, I'm so, I'm so encouraged when I'm around you. You have these friends like you're, why? Because they're always saying great, like they just, whatever you say, they say, you know? Hey, I'm thinking about going to, 
I'm thinking about moving to Montana. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like, they're just awesome. They just say awesome no matter what your plans are, you know? I'm going to get married to that, you know, uh, witchcraft person. Go right ahead. That's incredible. Like, they just, they're always, you need to be with people that look, you know who these people are? You go, I'm not sure I want to get with them today. Those are your best friends. Those are your best friends. You don't think they are, but they are. So you get with them, right? They're praying for you. They know you. Dave and I talked about this. A friend of mine, Dave, back there at the soundboard, we talked about this. Um, empathy. What's empathy? Okay, and then what's the one about, is it, what's the one about being experienced? Yeah. So we talk about this, okay? We talk about the experience of being experienced. These are your friends. You're, when you talk to them, you feel like they are right there with you in your shoes. And these are people that would go, if I were you, I would not make that call. Or, man, that's a great call. But they're so discerning because they so know you. Man, those, those are amazing people. Where you go, oh. So I do marriage counseling before people get married because that's the best time to counsel. It's called preventative. Um, I've lost friends because I'll look at them and go run like not together like one of you needs to go here and the other one needs to go here and they'll go we came here for support and I'm going then you, then you don't know what support is because this is, this is support you ever done an intervention with someone you know what they'll say to you because they're really unhealthy if you're doing an intervention. Typically they go, you hate me. I can't believe you're doing this. And you know what you say? I'm so scared over here doing this. You think that I, I love you enough to be scared to death to do this with you. That's how much I love you that I'll, you're supposed to support. I love you enough to say I do support you in splitting up. Don't get married. You know? So what I'm saying is have these kind of friends. Have them, right? So you're humble to God and then you're going to these people and they're shooting straight with you and then read the scriptures and ask God to show you through his word what aligns with his heart and will and what doesn't many times I find out right there sometimes I even have to go to my friend I go oh okay that, that yep there it is either yes you know or no or, or slow slow yes or no right so I'll close out with this story in this section but my um my daughter Brooke is up in South Dakota and she's making some really big decisions in her life right now and um I mean, her life is hinging upon these decisions and knowing about them. And we've been texting back and forth about some stuff and talking. And um, so she's in these life. She just made a massive life changing decision recently. And I was at GCU last Sunday night at that for King and Country concert, you know. And um, <laughs> and uh, so I texted her. I, I sent her a because those two guys are kind of hot. Right. And so I thought, well, maybe, you know, she might want to. Is it wrong? that I know when guys are hot. So I, so I, um, I mean, look, I can own it. Like, thanks God for that, I guess. Um, giving that to them. Uh, so anyway, I sent her like a clip of the concert with them and they're phenomenal in concert. My goodness. So anyway, she fires back to me and she goes, Oh my gosh. She goes, I've been going, you know, like you know, I've been, as you know, I've been going through all this stuff. And she goes, their song, one of these, their songs is called Shoulders. And she goes, I have been leaning into that song for the last month of my life, you know. She goes, man, I, and she goes, man, they, oh, she goes, I, she goes, I'm so jealous <laughs> that you're there. And, 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 um, 
Uh, so this song, Shoulders, I don't know. Again, I'm a rookie on these concert things. So I looked it up, and it's about Psalm 121. Can I just sum up Psalm 121 for you? It, it's kind of like this. Um, you don't tell God how big your mountain is. You tell your mountain how big your God is. That's Psalm 121. It says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains where all my help comes from. My help comes from you, maker of heaven and earth. So he's got, see what I'm saying? He's like, he's not, free, he's not freaked at the mountain. Matter of fact, that's called a destination psalm. It's, they're walking up into Jerusalem. It's just beautiful. So anyway, I brought the video. And uh, it's been crushing me this week. But I thought it might encourage you, you know? Like, it made me, want, it made me realize what Brooke was going through. And how heavy this decision was weighing on her, you know? Like, I'm sure you've got, like, are you not? Are you not freaking a little bit? Come on. And so, God, man, this, they get it. So I just want you to watch this, because their idea here is that God's got, got this, okay? And then um, I'll close this section out, so check it out. Yeah, I love that. Because, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's carrying you, and he's showing you. So, um, yeah, you can leave them off if you want. We're going to take communion here, so. Uh, yeah, we're going to do communion, so. Um, this last piece, I just want to, I want to bring this home, okay? When he's, when he's part of your, like, leading your plan, right? Your life plan, whatever you're, whatever's going on. And then, and then he's, he's going to show you. He's going to show you and he's going to, he's going to say, okay, slow, go or no, Right? And then basically in the end, he's going to say, I need you to have the courage then to do. To do. So I'm going to prompt you to do. So here's this last part, right? Don't forget to do good. Remember, it's sin to know what you ought to do because he's going to tell you. You know, he, God, God is like that. He's amazing like that. And then he goes, so do it. Because it's a sin to hear him. You know, you know, can I tell you how many times I've had people say, God told me a year ago too. He told me five years ago too. Yep, God told me not to get with them. Yep, God told me not to take that. Yep, God told me to do that. Whatever it would be, and they'll go, man. I'll go, how long has it been? Three years? Oh, three years. Ugh. I'm telling you right now, when God says to do something next year, if you don't do it, you're going to wish you had done it. You're going to wish. So just do it, you know? I mean, we keep going back to that. I love that song that Madison picks out a lot. You know, I don't want to just go through the motions. I want to do this. So stand with me if you would. Um, and then uh, we're going to take communion. Here's how this is going to work. Uh, Cindy and I will be out there. At, uh, and so uh, she'll have a loaf of bread. I'll have a loaf of bread. And there'll be grape juice. And we just ask you if you'd like to do this. If you're kind of like, if you say, yep, I'm in. I'm in. It's just to come on back. And, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll let you know. Here's the, you know, body of Christ, right? Symbolic body of Christ, broken for you, taken in remembrance of me. That's what Jesus said at the Last Supper, right? So here you go. And then it'll be the juice, which be the, signifies the blood that he spilled for you. And you'll get a chance to then take that. And uh, we'll do it together. So 
We want to start that one song and then Cindy and I'll be there. And whenever you're ready in your heart, you want to come back and take communion, come on back in here. We'll sing the song here in a few minutes and then we'll, uh, we'll go crush the day, okay?